Very well. So we're going to go ahead and begin. Um, so first and foremost, we just want to say uh, happy Sabbath to everybody that's joining us. Uh, it's a little weird. We don't have an intro video, but we are kind of starting late uh, for uh, some technical issues that we're still trying to figure out. But um, we're, we're going to jump into our conversation as soon as we can. Uh, so again, happy Sabbath to everyone. Uh, guys, I, I'm not monitoring yet the comments. So uh, do you guys see the comments there, uh, Andrew, Jason? Yeah, we see a uh, happy Sabbath. Uh, from uh, Jesse Almaguer, Very I don't nice. know if I'm saying okay. her. Uh, from my mom, of course. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, Isaura Sicarios, is that how you say it? Sicarios, Sicarios. Sicarios, oh man. Hey, get, hey, get, that, get that name right, brother. Get I know, that get this Sicarios and Sicarios mixed oh, up. Man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, good, good. Yeah, go, who else do we have online? Oh, that's all I see right now. Got it, got it, okay. Well, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us. Uh, so today, uh, we have a very important conversation on free will. That's our topic. But before we enter into that conversation, we got a guest with us today. Um, and uh, uh, somebody that uh, at least the three of us have been connected one way or another. Um, you know, um, Martin grew up in the same hometown as I did, uh, probably in, in, in more dangerous areas. You know, he's got more street cred than I do, definitely. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, you know what? I don't even know where you grew up in L.A., but I, I just know somewhere around there. Um, unfortunately, we're on, on different colors. You know, he wears blue. I wear red. No, I'm not talking about gangs. I'm literally talking about baseball teams. That's a whole different story. Okay. Um, but it's anyway, a topic for a different conversation. Yes, absolutely. But um, Martin, uh, first of all, we want to welcome you for joining us. Thank you, man. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, especially for those who are joining us uh, and, and are seeing you for the first time. Um, well, uh, my name is uh, Martin Celaya. My parents are from El Salvador. Uh, I'm recently married uh, six months this uh, this month, you know, uh, marriage, you know, by the grace of God, um, to uh, a young lady named Brenda Garcia, formerly now Celaya. Um, I grew up in South Central L.A., um, you know, hop, skip, and a jump from Compton, California. <laughs> yeah. Really, like maybe a few blocks difference, you know. Um, and uh, originally grew up in like uh, what's known as like Iglesia Central Hispana uh, in Los Angeles. Um, you know, uh, was part of a few uh, church uh, 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 plants. So it was Resurrection, now Kaleo. You know, studied at Antillian. That's where I met uh, Jason. I met Andrew the few times that that they invite that Mitch would invite me to go preach when he was pastor at uh, High Desert uh, Spanish. Right, that's uh, the church that that, that uh, I met uh, you guys in. That's correct. And and now I'm the pa senior pastor in the uh, New York Conference in uh, upstate New York, five hours away from New York City. Because sometimes people associate New York Conference with the greater New York Conference that actually focuses on in the New York City area. Um, I have three wonderful churches, um, two English speaking, one bilingual. Uh, the names are Beno English, um, uh, East Palmyra bilingual, and Geneva English as well. Very nice, very nice. I, and and Martin, again, thank you for joining us. Um, as you guys may know, uh, we need we we need a lot of help on this conversation. And actually, what Martin doesn't know is that he will be giving us all the answers. That's why he's <laughs> on here. No, no, I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, but but we do appreciate it. Actually, we had extended uh, an invitation to our mutual friend, yeah. uh, Gio, yeah. as well. Unfortunately, he wasn't able. He to has all the answers. I just <laughs> echo what he what he gives. <laughs> that, that, that's that's correct and that's exactly why we wanted him here but unfortunately geo although he had told us that he would join us for this conversation 
it is what it is. But uh, Martin, we appreciate it. It would have been great to have five, but I think I think we'll be able to uh, uh, get along well. So um, mm-hmm. let's begin. We're going to have a, a word of prayer. Uh, Jason, would you mind uh, leading us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray, guys. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another day of life that you've granted us and for another Sabbath here on earth, Lord. Now, Lord, as we uh, dive into your word, Lord, um, and begin this conversation, I pray that you guide it, Lord. May it be not just uh, uh, something that, that we learn from, Lord, but something that we could apply to our lives, Lord. If we have questions, that we could find answers. And if, and if not, Lord, that you guide us to them. Ask for all these things in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, uh, again, we want to welcome everybody that's joined us so far and uh, those who may be watching the video later because we know uh, it's viewed afterwards. Um, We are live at this moment and um, we have a conversation that has been long developing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Martin, I I don't know how 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 much you've seen our conversations. I know you've you've been connected to some of them, Um, but it's really interesting to me that almost in every conversation that we have had, there's been a question or some issue that has come up that someone on our chat has mentioned free will. Mm. And um, I, it, I, I think it's such an important topic and it's, an, it's a topic that I think, you know, we're all still trying to figure out, like we don't, we don't know it all, right? And I think maybe I'm speaking for everybody, all of a sudden, maybe I'm not, maybe somebody here says that they do know it all. Uh, but I think all of us would agree that, um, this is this is one of those topics where we we approach it humbly, right? Because we're not we don't we don't sit on the throne of God and know exactly what He's thinking or what mm-hmm. He does. Mm-hmm. All we can do is just approach this through Scripture. Um, and uh, you know we've we've been talking uh, a little bit about different ideas that the character of God and you know things that happen with the law, uh, but it always goes back to this question of free will. And I just want to make a shout out, a quick shout out to uh, uh, Jeffron, who we were having a conversation with. And, um, you know, we, we already had this there as one of the conversations we had. And he said, you know what, I think it'd be a good conversation to have about free will, right? And so here we are. Now, Andrew's ready to jump on this topic because this is his favorite topic in the whole world, okay? Uh, <laughs> Uh, J- Jason, I have no idea. Okay. I, I, I know Jason, what would Jesus do? I know. Okay, but, but, but unfortunately this one's not going to work this time. Uh, and, and here I am and I'm thinking, man, I'm pretty cool. I'm relaxed. And right now that I'm live, I'm freaking out. Cause I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh, what did we just do? Okay. So, um, <laughs> so let's start, let's start this conversation. And I think in a place where we're all going to agree on, and I think many of, of all of you who are watching as well, um, what do we know about God and him knowing the future? At least what does the Bible tell us about or what you guys have perceived in your own studies uh, about God knowing the future? Does he know the future? How do we know that God knows the future? And if it's okay with Jason and Andrew, we're going to, we're going to give the, uh, the first word here to Martin, uh, lead us out on this. Okay. And, uh, and, and tell us what do you, what, what have you perceived, you know, as a pastor in your studies uh, personally, academically about God knowing the future? Well, as we look in um, in our previous lessons, study study lessons, right uh, during the week, we touched on both Daniel and Revelation. So I think we can come into a clear understanding that God knows everything from the start to its ending, mm-hmm. and uh, if there isn't a greater evidence of that, um, we can we can look into both the books of Daniel and Revelation, where God has laid out before Daniel uh, the history of the world. 
you know, uh, not only while Daniel was living it, but also what was to come, you know, and one of the things that I've come to understand more and more is that God does know everything, right? And I know there are a few questions that we're going to be answering on, okay, what does that do with us? Does he know our decisions and all that other stuff? But I can confidently say, even when Jesus spoke, that both his father and himself know everything. You know, they know the, 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 what was to happen in the future. They were, Jesus had the ability not only to, to read the thoughts, but also the intentions of people. So, uh, you know, and, and to tell them, look, if you head in this direction, this is what's going to happen. And it played out like in the, and like in the example of Peter, you know, so uh, God does, he's a, our, our famous word is, is, is he's omni, both present and Omni, uh, um, all-knowing, sorry, uh, all-knowing. Omniscient, yes. yeah, omniscient. omniscient. Yeah. yeah, that was the word. I was going to say omnisciente, but, you know, we're Spanish speakers here, so I'm going to say or, it also, you know. Um, <laughs> so at least that would be my answer that, yes, God knows everything, hmm. both past, present, present, and future. Most definitely, Andrew, I see you already going. Ready? No, yeah, I agree with uh, what Martin was saying, absolutely, if if, if anything, if, if, if in doubt, right, we can look to, to prophecy for sure, you know, and I think that as, you know, when we, we look, look at words like omniscience and omnipresence, you know, some of these words are not things that, you know, that, that are commonly found in the scripture. So we have to try to deduct uh, uh, some of what we know about God by, by his character and how we see him interact uh, with his creatures, right? Whether we see that with uh, the children of Israel, right? And, and how at different times, you know, where he told them that, that they would possess the land of Canaan, right? How he would move along with these different uh, prophets or, or uh, in scripture. And we can see that God has that omniscience that in some way he knows the future. And, and if you guys are in doubt, I'll have some scriptures that I'll just throw out for you guys. Uh, Psalms 139.4 says, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You took my right? Bible text. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> Isaiah 42.9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and a, and a new and new things I declare. Before they sprang forth, I tell you of them. Right. The last one, of course, the one that I think all of us know, right? In Jeremiah one five, where he says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the na to the nations." Right. Mm. So of course we have a we, There's probably many of verses that we can go through, right? That talk about uh, uh, God knowing the future, and I I don't think like like you said, Mitch, that any of us here is here to dispute uh, the omniscience of God, right? And and to to that degree, uh, and what Martin said uh, about prophecy, I think that he absolutely he knows the future. Yeah, sure, I mean, sure. Something that like that cuts it to the chase for me is just like the prophecies about Jesus like they all like people in those times that, that knew everything written by prophet Isaiah, they kind of knew it by heart. They knew that Jesus wasn't going to be accepted, all of this stuff. And exactly what Isaiah was saying is exactly everything that happened. And like, to me, it's impactful because it was Jesus. It wasn't like something else. It was something that was literally about to happen to them. And they were reading about it and exactly how they were reading about it is exactly what happened. Like they, they, they could have chosen something else because they already knew what was going to happen. But they still like God knew what was going to happen. So he had the prophet Isaiah like write about it. And that to me, that to me has always blown my mind. Like, it's like, dude, you had the, you had exactly everything in your palm, in the palm of your hands. You knew it by heart. And your heart was so hardened that that still happened that same exact way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, look, I, I think that's one of the clearest things that we have in scripture. In fact, uh, some of my favorite verses are found in between Isaiah 40 and 42. Um, but in particular, Isaiah 41, I love what God says, right? When he goes in and he says, look at all those other gods, right? And they're not really gods, but he, but he's, you know, he, he's really making a comparison. He's like, why don't you go tell them to tell mm. you about the future, about what's going to happen? It's like, oh, they can't. Oh, how interesting, right? Well, yeah, that's right. They can't because I'm the only one. And I, and I like this, right? This is Isaiah 42, 8, 9. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. Yeah, you know, and you can almost see like God saying, like, stop this nonsense, right? Nobody else knows the future except me myself. And he says, And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before mm -hmm. they spring forth, I tell you of them. So that to me, you know, and as and as Adventists mainly, because I think a lot of us that are that a lot of the people who are watching us right now are Adventists, by the way. I got somebody named uh, Reynaldo Aguinaga saying pure Boyle Heights. Saludos. I'll say it right, bro. <laughs> hey, say it right. He said puro Boyle oh, Heights. Puro. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I totally read that wrong. That's right. Puro Boyle Heights. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't know who's that directed to. Definitely not me. Okay. But I, I, anyways, um, but, uh, but go back. As Adventists, prophecy is, is like something so basic to us, right? And if you stop to think what we're really doing with prophecy, is we're admitting, we're recognizing that through God's word, we know that God knows the future. At right? least we that should. Has, yeah, or, or at least, right? Um, and I would even say that, and, and sorry to bring up these terms, right? But but it's sometimes the easiest way of describing it. Uh, we're, we're talking specifically about God's foreknowledge, right? The mm -hmm. idea that God knows things before uh -huh. they happen. Uh, now, we're not talking about preordination of things. Right, where that's God determines things to happen, but foreknowledge is the idea that God knows these things before, and so I I feel that there is no question at all as to whether or not God knows the future. Mm -hmm. I think that's what distinguishes God from us, right? The mm -hmm. fact that He knows the future. I think the problem happens when we start saying, "Well, wait a minute. If He knows the future, here's the million dollar question, right? If He knows the future, then does He also determine the future?" Right. Does he also determine our future? And and I think that's where we need to spend the bulk of our conversation. I, I kind of want to just jump into that. Mm -hmm. How do you guys see that? If God knows what's going to happen, wouldn't then that mean that God also is determining through his knowledge? He's determining what's going to happen. I don't think that if, if we're going to see it like that, I don't think it's fair to say that we have free will. Because then everything is predetermined. It's, it doesn't give anybody necessarily a fair chance of choosing whether they want salvation or not. So then that would erase the idea of God being love. Because why would he then choose that? Okay, well, this guy and this guy and this guy, they're all going to lose their salvation. Like they're all going to lose life, life with me into eternity. So then that would completely destroy the idea of a loving God. Because a loving, a loving God wouldn't want something bad for his creation you know so that that to me to me it 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 it, it discards that like i can't i can't see god being like that because of his nature of love to, sorry to clarify you can't see god predetermining things yes like okay. just like pick and choose yeah okay 
No, I, uh, Martin, I think you, you wanted to say something. You, uh, by the way, you can go ahead and cut us off. It's not a big deal here. Nobody okay, gets Okay, yeah, because I've been in part of other discussions where you had like six people and they, that people had to raise their hands. So no, no, go for it. Good, it's good, it's good. No, you know what? Uh, Jason brings up a good point. Um, if we see God as a God of love, then we cannot see that love imposing itself on our choice. Um, but if we don't see as a God of love, and we see him more of a as an authoritative God, as more of a of a God that says yes and no, and I'm gonna make you say yes or no, or you already have that predetermined in you, then all this talk about God being love, which he is clearly stating in both the old and the new testament, mm. uh, it's almost like he is not preaching what he is trying, he's not living what he's trying to preach to us. Mm -hmm. Like the, the text that comes before before me, especially about how God gives us choice, all right, is the text in Revelation 3.20, which says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. When someone knocks at your door, you as the person that's on the other side have the option of opening or ignoring. Like when, you know, when you get that, that, uh, that, not wanted uh relative at your door right you they knock and, and and you tell your you tell or in my case i would tell my brothers hey no diga nada cállense. go all the way into the back of the room ignore the person right so 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 we have the option of opening the door the text finishes uh continues saying if anyone hears my voice and opens the door that also shows us the what god is wanting from us, he wants us to make a choice. He wants us to make an action. You know, the fact that you you can either ignore or listen to his voice, and you can either make the choice, the decision to open the door. Then he says, that's when I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You know, so that text, at least to me, and I can name other ones where God establishes, um, I think pretty clearly, um, uh, as, as a God that gives us a choice um, in, in, in our actions gives us a choice in even the way we plan our day and even the way we think. Hmm. All right. Um, I, I have, I have two choices right here. We can either throw, throw gas on this fire and, and make the, 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 the conversation turn really interesting, or I feel like we, we skipped the question, but, uh, I'm, I'm gonna chal challenge this. And, and this is the, this is the thing. And I agree a hundred percent with what you guys are saying. The problem I think lies that when we read scripture, it almost seems to me like there are certain places in scripture where it would seem to imply that there is a predestination aspect, right? And example, and what how, example would you? How, I, how do we deal with this? Can I huh? give you one? Can I I'm give already, you one? I have one? Huh? I have one right here. Okay, okay, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys already know what I'm gonna go to. I think Romans so. nine. Okay. Have you guys ever read Romans nine? I want, I want to read to you guys here. Look at what Romans 9, 10, 10 to 13. And now I want to see what you guys think. It says, it says, and not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older, older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I have hated. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> but what do you guys think? I, okay, hold on, hold on. And, and before you say that, because I just want to pile on to that, okay? 
just to make things a little bit more complicated. Oh man, so I just threw the gas. You're, you're trying to throw yeah, yeah, more I'm gonna, gas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna throw more gas on there. Uh, um, right before you jump into Romans chapter nine, there's Romans chapter eight, uh, verses 28 through 30. And and what does that say, right? And it says, hey, we hey, know. I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now, this Bible is coming off the shelf. Wow, I've, I've never oh, seen that before, brother. About I've, time. I've, I've never seen that before. All right, all right here we I've go. I've never seen that one move. I thought it was a prop. <laughs> ah, good well, hold on hold on let me take my bible out of my box yeah there you <laughs> let, let me go to that level let me go to that level. <laughs> you know, guys, you guys you guys are embarrassing me I'm, I'm assuming you guys use your tablets too so. <laughs> anyway so, so here we go don't worry i i grabbed my bible out of the way too i had to bring it in um okay i, so I know we, i know mitch knows this one yeah i know but i brought my most expensive bible ever to to bring to bring this up. so here we go all right romans 8 28 and we know that all things work together for good Mm -hmm. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Here we go. For, for him, for, sorry, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And then we jump into Romans 9, which is the idea of, of, uh, of Israel's election, right? Uh, and, and specifically, you have these two brothers. So we have this concept of God uh, foreknowing, then predestining, and then eventually glorifying, right? So it is almost as if God has made the decision. And now we have this idea, as Andrew is pointing there, uh, this concept of Esau being hated by God. Okay, because that's at least that's the version that you read, being hated by God. And on the other hand, Jacob, who eventually becomes the father of the elect nation, Israel, being chosen by God. So, yes, I just wanted to add that in there because I think, I think, it, I, I, and I'm with Jason, I'm with Martin on what you guys are saying. Uh, I think that these are the things that make people stumble, right? Eventually, and you say, wait a minute, well, what about this? So, is God the one that determines? Is God the one hating some and loving others? what's up for me i have a i actually have a story and it's one he's one of my favorite bible characters that kind of hits the spot when it comes to this and that is of samson because samson was already predestined before birth to what he was going to be and god clearly told his parents you can't let him cut his hair you can't let him drink of the vine all of this stuff everything was set god's choosing Yet Samson clearly chose the other way around. Even though God had predestined that, God had put that in foot. We clearly see in the life of Samson, no, like to me, specifically because it's my Bible, my favorite Bible character, you clearly see how even though God predestined, even though God had that planned out for him, like to the, to the T, he had it planned out. Samson still foiled God's plan, how God wanted it to carry out. And that to me shows me how, how much of free will we have that we could even, if we don't have a communication with God, if we slightly turn our way, the other turn on path a, instead of turn on path B, instead of path a, that God chose for us, we could still deviate from God's plan, even though he has it predestined. So I, I have a question then. Um, since I, we, we've been throwing out these terms, right? Predestination and all this stuff. Sure. Okay, so what, let's so for, for our listeners, what does predestined mean? Not in, not in the most basic sense of the word, what does it mean? Because I think once we uh, establish that meaning of the word, we can, it can give us better insight to why this word is even in scripture. 
Sure. You know, why, why, the, why Paul used it, you know, both in, uh, in an example that he writes both in chapter eight and chapter nine. So, so you guys tell me, you guys are, are, are more wise than I am. What is predestined? Marn, for the record, we have you on this conversation because of the other way around. Because of the other way around. <laughs> more wise we I feel like if I'm so. getting ganged up right now. Right no, hey. <laughs> we read those uh, verses so that you could answer. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a great place to start, but I think we have to, to even take a step before that. Right. Okay. Uh, maybe not so much when, when scripture was written, uh, but when this even becomes an issue, because initially this is not an issue. These texts are not an issue for Christians. We don't see much debate in early first century, second century Christians, mm. but eventually when we get to the time of St. Augustine, right. Who has a huge influence on the church. Uh, there's a problem. And Augustine is responding to an, and, and sorry, I got to jump into a little history here, but you guys all follow me. Um, Augustine is responding to another individual. Um, uh, I'm not sure how you say in, in English, Pelagi, Pelagius, Pelagius, you guys will correct me here, right? Uh, Pelagio in Spanish. Pelagius? And, uh, Pelagius, yeah, something like that. The, the point is that what he is saying initially is, look, man can choose by, for himself, right? Um, uh, man uh, can choose to be good. And Augustine sees that as such a horrible thing to say because it takes away from the sovereignty of God, right? In other words, from the rulership of God. And he says, no, man cannot do a single thing. He is totally corrupt, right? Whereas the other side of the argument is, no, he's not totally corrupt. There's still some good in him and he can choose to do what is right. And when Augustine says this, eventually his argument is, look, um, if man is totally corrupt, he can never choose any good. Therefore, the only way that he can choose good is if God gives him or enables him or gives him the power to do what is good. Now, that we know uh, as, as grace, right? If God gives that grace, therefore, this person can choose what is good. Well, eventually that develops after many, many years later, uh, it develops into other doctrines. Uh, you know, when you guys may have heard of Calvinism, things like that. Uh, and Andrew's smiling because he, you know, he wants to define That's all those terms. Right uh, yeah. But, but, but the biggest challenge here was that then we start, this is my opinion here, then we start saying, okay, if God is the one that enables you to do good, where do we see that in scripture, right? And one of these things that becomes problematic is this idea of predestination, of this idea that God determines your destiny. But that makes sense though, right? Logically, if I say that God, uh, it, uh, that man cannot choose good on their own and therefore only God can choose good. Then the question is, why do other people do bad? Or why do other people reject? Well, the logical conclusion is if God gives grace for some to be saved, he goes in and he does not give certain grace for those who are not going to be saved. Who is making that predetermined decision? It is God, right? And so predestination, I got a definition for you guys and I'll let you guys jump in after that. Um, pre I, I, I got this um, uh, uh, definition from a... Um, a professor of theology at Andrews, and he says predestination is God's choice of individuals. This is the popular term, right? For eternal life or eternal death. Okay. And that's the way we understand predestination. The million dollar question is if that is exactly what Paul is trying to say in that text. I'm not answering that yet. I'm just trying to define how we, in modern terms, understand this idea of predestined, right? I'll let you guys jump in there. And oh yeah, I think it's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we have to talk about uh, predestination. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to use uh, Calvinism. I didn't want to use all these terms, right, for the for the for what we're talking about here. But 
I think when we start to look at it, I think uh, um, um, Jason had a good point, right? We start to break down this verse. It says, nor having done any good or evil, the purpose of God according to his election might stand. Now, if we just break that down from the very beginning, we have to say, does God have an ultimate purpose? I think we would all agree that God has an ultimate purpose. Now, the next question would be, does God have a specific person, a purpose for each person, right? And what do you guys think? Do you think that, that God has a specific pur purpose for each person? This, this is going to sound really weird, but how do you define purpose? Oh, my God. Purpose. Um, I don't have a definition for you. Purpose, um, how would is you say? Like will, you mean like a desire, like a, a specific desire? A purpose desire? for their life or a purpose? purpose. That, yeah, yeah, a purpose. Wants... Exactly. Like, like, like there is something that he desires as an outcome for each. Exactly. For each person. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you guys believe that he has a per a specific purpose for e every person? Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I don't know about everybody okay. else, but I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that, right? When we look at the the following verses, a, a purpose of God according to the election might stand not of works, but of Him who calls, right? And uh, we see this. Uh, this actually, this uh, um. This language echoed in Romans 8, right? The when him who calls. But what uh, what uh, Jason said was something interesting, right? He was talking about Samson, someone who was elected, right? Um, if we read right here saying that Jacob was elected, in the previous verse I read, a verse uh, found in Jeremiah 1, 5, where it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So we see a couple of things there. God was sanctified. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, he set him apart. Where mm -hmm. else do we see that? We see that with the nation of Israel, yeah. right? Where he sets them apart, right? Then it says, I ordained you a prophet. So he put him in this on this earth to fulfill a purpose as a prophet, right? To the nations. But when we start to break this down, now the next question I believe would, right? If God all of a sudden has an individual purpose, for each person, right? We just seen with Jacob, we just seen with Samson, we just seen with, with Jeremiah, where he has a specific purpose. He places you in a certain position, right? The next question then, does God try to save some more than others, right? In the essence, does God use his foreknowledge, his, his omniscience to save some more than others, mm. right? Because he put him there as a prophet, right? He put Samson there, right, as a judge, right? And we have all these different places but then we ask ourselves, what about all those other people that didn't make it into scripture? Maybe some, you know, or, or other people that weren't, you know, uh, prophets or all these different roles, right? If God has a purpose for every one of us, right? Does God try to save some more than others or vice versa? What do you guys think? Can, can I just say something though? I, I feel, I, I'm with you. I, I understand what you're asking. My problem is, for example, Jeremiah or even Samson for that matter. <clears throat> they're called for a specific office as well, right? So I think we have to define whether or not this call is to be saved, which is the concern that we have, as opposed to being called to a specific office. So when, when God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, in, in the womb, I knew you, I had, I had already set you apart. Is he telling them, oh, I set you apart for what? To be saved or to be a prophet? I, I guess that's my only pushback with the question, right? That I think the examples we're giving here, including Israel for that matter, Israel is is called to be a a a specific type of people on this earth for a specific purpose, as opposed to sim the simple question of, well, is God determining who gets saved and who doesn't? Does that make sense? 
So, so why don't we go farther back even before Israel existed? Mm. Why not go like in uh, the first thing, first thing that came to my mind is why not go to the time of Noah right before the flood? Okay. When Noah was given the, the responsibility to build the ark, you know, I don't think that in, in God's mindset was to only save the animals and eight people. Mm. I think it was for everyone that was in Noah's fear or because we don't know how many people lived at that time. Uh, we have an idea, you know, based on the, on the genealogy, right? But if Noah had the responsibility to build an ark that was going to save uh, humanity, okay, um, why didn't people didn't, why didn't people choose to go in the boat for the reason to be saved? You know, uh, and it's not it's not that Noah had that one responsibility. Nobody else. There was no office of a prophet uh, or maybe he was the, the like the, the, the first the first one. Right. That that was able to share that with guys. There's there's water coming. What? Yeah, there's water coming, guys. Like like, you know, it's going to it's going to flood the whole earth, you know. And if we don't get on this boat, if you guys don't join this boat with me. You know, uh, uh, um, you know, God told me to to build this boat to save people. You know, so so why didn't people respond? It was a hundred years, right? That that it took Noah to to uh, well, it took Noah to build the ark. A mm. hundred years of them seeing, asking questions. What I assume nobody just oh, este está loco. No, it, it, it wasn't. It was. I think that that they saw and they could have asked questions. They could have been given the. The, the reason and the decision to get on the boat or to get off the boat, you know, uh, so here, uh, at least, at least the example that I would use even before, you know, talking about Jeremiah before talking about, you know, even, even uh, Esau and, 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 and Jacob, look Jacob. at the, look, look at the, the, the case of Noah. Noah had the sole responsibility to share with the world salvation. Mm. You know, he was given a message. And that message he shared, you know, so how, how would, how would we now look at that? Since the, the issue is sal salvation, right? The issue is that, that ultimate idea, uh, the ultimate goal or, or, or what God wants for each and every one of his followers or each and every one of his children here on earth, both good and bad to be saved. The best example that will come to my mind would be Noah. By the way, who made the choice to go onto the ark or not? Was that God or was or was it the people? I I think there, uh, man. I, well, okay, okay. The ones that I know at least that didn't have the choice because God chose them were the animals. Okay, fair enough. Okay, all right, all right. But, but, but people, at least with humans, with humans, yeah. But people, I, think about it. Out of everyone that was there, only eight decided to to get to 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 get on the boat. That means people made the decision to say, you know what? No, I, I don't want to get on the boat. Sure. But, but you see what I'm saying? Look, and this kind of goes back to, to what you guys have been saying. I, I have to make a choice here. I think this is what Andrew was trying to say. I have to make a choice. One of two things here, which is, am I saying that God made that choice for them? That he predetermined, perhaps pre-wired, perhaps programmed them to not get on the ark? And he programmed Noah and his family to get on the ark? Or did God give them the choice? I, I, I'm, I'm just curious. What, what would you, Jason, what would you say? I mean, because just look at the story. So for 100 years, he's, he's doing that. And he's also preaching along with building the ark. He's preaching. He's telling the people, look, this is who God is. This is why I'm building the ark. Come with me. Mm -hmm. He gave them the choice of 
going with him on the arc or not. They all, I, I, I feel, I fully understand that they ultimately chose to not to due to the fact that they were lost in everything else that they were doing. They thought it was crazy. They had never seen rain. They had all of this. Noah had never seen rain. There was, uh, there was dew on the land in the mornings, and that was it. They had never seen the catastrophic event that, that, that that's put in Genesis. They didn't. They couldn't imagine something of that magnitude. So they made, I feel like they made a conscious choice, but due to the fact of how lost they were in the things that they were doing, the amalgamation, all of that, all of the, all of that stuff that was going on during that time, they were so lost into that, that they couldn't see the, what Noah was trying to tell them. Like, why, why would somebody randomly want to build uh, something called an ark, something that they didn't even know was some, was, was, was a structure to be built? Something that they were completely like, like not even exposed to. Why would they choose? Why would Noah choose to do that? But yet be crazy. And why would they like just completely like nullify what he was trying to tell them? To me, it was a conscious choice by them, and it was a conscious choice by Noah because Noah could have clearly said, "This is too much of a free will choice." A free will choice. You would say it's the free will choice. To me, it's a free will choice. You know, a a text that that comes to mind is in Psalms 32. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. Right? Hmm. Instruction and teaching still doesn't guarantee that the person that you're instructing and teaching will actually obey it. There's Hmm. still a decision there to be made. There's still, uh, you know, like if you're going to accept the instructions, right? If you're going to accept the teachings think about especially the way when we go to school you know when we when we uh we have the option of believing the professors believing what they're giving us or not believing it Mm. and i think in this case even with with the case of noah uh, of of him laying out what god wanted for the world people still had the that free will choice to accept or reject I, I wanted to to uh, add another question. If it wasn't our, if we're already, <laughs> if we're already not doing no, this. We're good. Um, I I want to make this now even more practical, right? Because I, I I laid out the question: Does God try to save some more than others, right? Mm. Now the question I would ask, right? Since God has a purpose for for every person, right, at, at the, to where He places them, right? What would you say to someone who 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 is a Christian today, who says, right, that um. You know, some of these these prophets or some of these people that were placed in this position in this position, you know, they had a greater advantage because they were placed. They were elected as a prophet. They were elected as a judge. They were elected as God's people, you know, or today in in modern day. Oh, well, you were placed in a Christian home. You know, that's why you believe in in Jesus. That's why you believe what you believe. Or what would you what would you guys say to someone who who would uh, attack that that view and say, well, I believe that God tries to save some more than others. What do you guys think? Well, look, I, I, first of all, I would object to that. I don't think that's right. Um, right. And, and, and the first thing that comes to mind in my case, uh, and a uh, verse that everyone knows very, very well, John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world. Here's my question. If, if, when the Bible says for God so loved the world, does that mean that he loved some more than others? In that statement on its own, you put that statement against any other text. Does that statement not uh, point to his love for everyone? Mm-hmm. Okay, where do I find in scripture other than, and I think this is important, I'm going to say other than Romans chapter 9, this idea that God loves some but hates others? 
because I think one of the big challenges that we have whenever we're studying topics like these is that oftentimes we get stuck on one text, right? But when I start looking at the entire corpus of scripture and I say, wait a minute, what does the Bible teach me? Well, you know what the Bible teaches me? The Bible teaches me that God gave Adam and Eve a free choice, right? And by the way, they were, um, uh, the land The land term is, uh, I believe it's non pose pecare, right? Which they had the ability of not sinning, right? Mm -hmm. They had, they could choose whether or not to sin. God gives them that choice. Cain, he presents himself tries to dissuade him from that choice. Noah, we just looked at that example, right? And, and we could keep going on and on. Abraham had a choice not to sacrifice his son if he didn't want to. Uh, we, we don't ever see God saying, by the way, do this, and I'm going to force you to do it. In fact, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a text here uh, that you guys know very well, Deuteronomy 30, 15, and also Deuteronomy 30, 19, where Moses, I believe God is speaking through Moses at this moment. He says, see, I've had, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil before you. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So uh, where, where do, uh, in fact, maybe I'm just going to return the question to you, Andrew, where do we get this idea that God all of a sudden gives one an advantage over another? When what I'm seeing here is that God is telling everybody, choose. God is saying, I love all of you. Uh, by the way, I believe it's uh, John. I'll, I'll let you answer right now. I believe it's John that says, I'll look up the text, but where he says that Jesus died for the entire world, the entire world. Wouldn't then that mean that we all have equal access in one way or another? Go, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. Oh, so you're, you're throwing the fire at me? I am. <laughs> now the, you're reversing it finally. All right. A little bit. A little right. bit. No, well, uh, I want to just say you guys gave me the, uh, how would you say you guys allowed me to, to hit the rant button right now. <laughs> Hopefully, I no, but I I, I agree don't with rant, what you're brother. Don't rant. Don't rant. Don't rant. All right. <laughs> I agree with. I just want to make a couple points, right? Because I, I agree with hundred percent what you're saying, right? Of course, we know the verse: "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe, you know, uh, in His Son, right, will have eternal life." Right? We have other verses, right? That God says, "God is not slack in keeping with His promises," right? But He is patient that everyone should come to repentance, right? In 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, it says, For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth, right? We have this, this idea that God wants everyone to say, be saved, right. Right? right? So we ask ourselves, does God want... Okay, the, the question then will transform in, not into, does God want everybody to be saved, does, but does God do it equally to everyone? Mm -hmm. Right. And I want to lay out this other point. Right. That, that um, I, I'm glad that uh, Martin uh, mentioned uh, uh, Noah. Right. Because I've mentioned this verse before where I, I forgot where it's written, but it says that Noah was declared righteous in his generation. Right. So when we think about God looking down, right, it, it, on judgment day, right, he's going to he is going to judge us according to our generation, according to our society according to our culture, right? And on top of that, of course, we know that as individuals, none of us have ever had the exact, exact same hardships as another person. I can't say that I went through the same thing that you went through, Mitchell. I can't say that I went through the same thing as Martin or, or as Jason, right? So we have to understand that God is going to judge us according to all these things, right? The Bible says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Mm. So not, not only does he know the generation we're living in, not only does he know the society, all these different things, he also knows 
our motives. He also knows our concerns. He knows our worries, right? So we're, our, we're, we're giving, right, all this thing to a God who says he wants everyone to be saved, right? But on top of that, he knows that all of us are individuals and we don't have the same struggle. So he wants us all to be equally saved, but he does it differently with each one of us, right? So where you see his providence in your life might look different to someone else, right? And, and I want to make another point right here in Psalms 98, 8 through 9. Look what it says. It says, he, it says, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness, he shall judge the world and peoples with equity. Mm. I'll stop there at that last word, equity. Other places use the word justice, right? But I love that it used the word equity. And, and, and I, I like that it says that because it doesn't say, and all peoples equally, right? He doesn't save everybody equally because he knows that all of us are different. All of us have different struggles, but it says, and peoples with equity. That's why I wanted, I, I don't know if you have the picture, Mitchell, that, that I wanted you to, to show. Yeah, I do. Hold on. Let me, let me see if I can pull it up. And, and I think this, this, I've seen this picture and I know you guys have all seen it. And to me, this picture uh, uh, shows clearly the difference between equality and equity and how God judges us, not equally. He doesn't want us all to be saved just uh, he doesn't want to come after us equally, but in equity, right? Knowing that we're different, knowing that we have different struggles. Let's see if we can get that. Right. So here we see, we've all seen this, right? Equality and equity, right? Now, if God was going to save us all equally, then that means that there would have to be all the grace given to us would have to be equal. But we know that some people need more grace than others. If you remember what Paul says about when he's talking about grace, he, he says, I am what I am, right? But I have not uh, made gr the, the grace of God void, right? So obviously, uh, uh, Paul was killing uh, Christians, persecuting Christians, and, and, and all these different things, right? And God gives a different grace to every person, not equally, but in equity, in justice, right? And who more to leave it in the hands of God, right? And I think this is a, a, a perfect uh, a segue to kind of go to uh, um, uh, what we were talking about earlier, right? This whole idea that people are in election, people are in, people are set apart. Uh, I want to mention some examples, right? We mentioned Israel, who was supposed to be a set apart, but what happened, right? Jesus is crying for them at the end, right? Where he says, where he says, how often I long to have you, right? As a hen gathers her chick, but you were not willing. So we know even though God elected the Israelites, they did, some of them didn't choose that, right? We have people like Saul, right? Who was elected, who was ordained the king, who was even uh, speaking in uh, uh, prophecies, right? Who then, like like uh, Jason was saying earlier, right? He all of a sudden comes to this witch, right? People like Nadab and Abihu, who were ordained to be priests, right? We have Eli's sons also, right? Who Look, look at what it says, right? Eli's sons who ultimately, right, uh, uh, end up dying and, and Eli himself. But in first Samuel two thirty, he says this, therefore the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promised that the members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. So Thank we you. see here that God is making a promise 
that he they would be in lineage forever. But then he says he goes against that. Andrew, yeah. Andrew, but hold on. Let me let me let me kind of interrupt you there for a second, because I think um, I, I'll put myself as an example. Martin, I don't know if you feel the same exact thing. Uh, you know, we work in the, in, the, in the ministerial field and I feel that honestly, and I'm not saying this in, in any prideful way at all, but I feel that the Lord has called me to do this job. OK, uh, and I feel that the Lord I'm going to use these terms that the Lord has elected me to do this in my context, wherever, wherever the Lord places me, uh, that I was chosen for these things. Okay, fine. But more often than not, the questions that we have with free will are not, was Israel chosen? Was this prophet chosen? Was this king chosen? The issue is, what ultimately is the cause of my salvation or not? And let's make that even more simpler, if we can. Um, I think the big challenge that a lot of us have, and and I want to see what you guys think with this, is that uh, we say, well, if God already knows, in fact, let me ask this, because I don't even know if you guys believe this or not, but does God know who's going to be saved and who's not? I think we should do a raise of hands. Who believes that? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's just, because we talk, Martin, in fact, I'll pick on you for a second, because at the beginning, you said that God knows the end. So does yes. God know who is going to be saved or, or, or not? I mean, honestly, that's a that's a really good question. And I hate you for the fact that you actually did. <laughs> it. Um, but uh, I would say yes. Okay. If, I would if, say if yes. We say yes. If we say yes, right, isn't this where we begin to struggle? And we say, okay, fine, right? Uh, maybe I am called for this. Maybe I am called for that. But ultimately, if God knows who is going to be saved and who is not going to be saved, then doesn't that foreknowledge predetermine who's going to be saved and who's not? This this is where where I was gonna I was gonna add. Okay, God knows who's going to be saved and who's going not going to be saved, right? Um, but I still think even in spite of, and it might be complicated and it might not register, you know, um, because it's it's still one of those questions that I know I struggle with and I know other people struggle with. But at least what I've seen in the evidence in in Scripture is that that God still gives that choice to you. For example, when when um, um, Andrew Andrew mentioned the fact that uh, uh, you know where where can we see that that God gives this equity you know with 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 some and with uh, you know some people need more grace than others that's evident if if there's there's nowhere that there's there's a uh, evidence of that in scripture then even more in the life of Jesus with the twelve disciples that he chose mm. people from different backgrounds different temperaments different decision making that led them up to the moment that they met Jesus. And one of the examples that comes to mind, especially is Peter, because Peter, when he was able, um, when he was able, wow, I, I hate Gio for writing. Yes. You saw that. You saw that. Yes, hey, he's trying to trick all like, of us right now. You know what, Martin? Look, don't, Look don't lose your face. thought. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going to lose my train of thought, but I don't lose it. Don't lose it. it. In other parts of it, in other, uh, uh, um, sermons and another like moments of where, where we were in a group study like this. Um, Peter, Jesus, Jesus told him, look, the devil has, has come after you. But what did Jesus tell him also? I have prayed for you. Mm. So that tells me that Jesus wanted Peter to make the right decision, but That's still right. gave that decision to Peter to make. We have, okay, for example, you met, you mentioned that, that you have felt this calling, you know that God has chosen you to be this pastor. Mm -hmm. I knew this, but I've been the one like Jonah that 
ran into the medical field for almost 10 years yeah. until God was like, okay, you want to be here? Then I, you know what? I'm going to give you your time here. But when your time is done, I'm going to make it evident to you so you can make that decision for yourself. Mm. And here's where I'm at now. You know, so God still gives us that decision to make. He wants you to be saved. He, 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 it almost, it's almost like you're that guest in at the wedding, but that guest still has the decision to go. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I hear you, by the way, we, we have to acknowledge the comment that is on yeah. screen because it is, it is impossible not to. Um, and uh, there is no way, I, I just got to say this, and I think you guys will agree with me. There is no way that we have Pastor Giovanni Esposito saying this makes no sense when he should be on this call right mm -hmm. now. Okay, he should be on this call right now. Are we now. gonna do but, a street you know, shout out? I, I'm I'm doing a shout out on public right now. I mean, I think uh, I think uh, if Gio if Gio has the the courage right to call write this comment, <laughs> mind you, he is driving as he's writing this comment. This okay. is unbelievable. Okay, he needs it, to call it, in. He needs he not even to call in. He needs to just get on this conversation right now. Because to him, he, he likes playing in, in, in these type of conversations. He likes playing the devil's advocate. He likes throwing the yes. monkey wrench. He likes yes. quoting that over and over. But he throws it on other people. He doesn't want it yes. on himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard him talk about the monkey wrench, too. I, I really want to see this monkey wrench that he's got. Um, uh, but anyways, Gio, you're more than welcome to join. Uh, send me a text if, if you can. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jason, because I was going to respond. But go ahead. Go ahead. So, one, one of the texts that you guys used, and I, and I love that you guys used it, was John 3.16. That one, we always use it like it was, it's because of the whole world, but we got to keep on reading. And a, and a text that, that like jumps out at me is verse 18. And it says, I have the new King James version, but I'm going to read out of two versions. So Ooh, King James says, good version. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now in the Amplified Bible, I don't really use this version a lot because I have, there's some things that I don't agree with sometimes of how they reword things. But I really like how, how it rewords this. And it says, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided, the big, the big, the big part, decided, that's the big, I think that's, that's one of the big words that we, that we, we need to really look at it's the whole decision process decided to reject him as his personal savior and lord is judged already the one that has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the of the one and only begotten son of god that to me is the big part this decision free will to me is just decision it's not that we are predestined to not do things it's not that we are being called but even though there is that calling even though we are being told to do something, even though God could have already like wrote it, he could have came down personally and told me, look, this is what you're going to do. This is how your life is going to be carried out. That's what he's choosing for me. He wants this for me. I still have that decision to make. I still have to make that choice. Now, God knows that this could be my choice. But even though I just choose path B instead of path A, which is what God's presenting me, even while I'm going down path B, He's still going to be like, no, 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 but this is what I want for you. So he's still going to come at me again. And look, this is path A, choose path A. But yet again, I could still choose again to keep on going down path B. So it's really all my decision on what I choose. I could, I could choose to wake up every morning 
and not, not pray. I could choose every morning to wake up and pray. I could choose to have my devotional. I could choose to not have my devotional. And all these things add up, create patterns that I guess that, that build, my, build up my character, character that could later on, you could tell if a person's going to do this or not. But God still, even though he could see that, even though he sees the pattern building up, he's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you. I want you to choose path A. But yet sometimes we're so, we're so lost that we can't even see him throwing that at us. And we still choose path B. That, and, and when it comes to that, that's how I see when God could see, okay, this person's going to be saved and this person is not. He's still going to give us that choice. He's not going to stop giving us that choice. But we still ultimately have that decision to choose path A or path B. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to say this, uh, following what you're saying, Jason. Uh, first of all, I think that we have a strong, uh, a, a big problem when we immediately try to say that God's foreknowledge automatically ends up in predetermination. Mm -hmm. And if I can put that in layman's terms, in, you know, for any of those, because I sometimes get confused with these terms, but this idea that God knows things beforehand, but that means that he is determining those things that he knows beforehand. I, first of all, they're not one and the same, right? Mm -hmm. Those are two different concepts altogether. Um, and, and, and second, the fact that God knows something is going to happen in the future, by the way, Gio is, uh, is, uh, he's yeah, laughing, bro. He's yeah, laughing. Yeah, it all. Tell totally him, tell him, no, tell him, no, there is no next time. Wait, there there wait, is wait, no, wait. there is no next time. Well, unless it's a foreordained by God, who knows? Um, <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing. Yeah. He said he, he can't, unfortunately, but, uh, but uh, we, we always welcome Gio on, onto this conversation. We got a lot of love for him. Um, but, but I, the, the idea that God knows the future, I, in fact, I think works to our advantage. And, and let me put it to you this way. I'm going to read two texts to you guys. Number one, uh, this is Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9, right? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. In other words, he's patient toward us, not willing. Oh, that word is so powerful. Not willing that any should perish. That's the desire of God. That's the will of God. That is what God wants. God wants that no one perishes, but that all should come to repentance. Let's face what the rest of scripture tells us. Is it not true that not everybody is going to go to repentance all the way? That not everybody uh, will end up in eternal life? That some will perish? And so there we see God's desire, his will, what he wants for us. But at the same time, we see that humans choose ultimately what we want for ourselves, right? And so what you're seeing is God, God may very well know the future, but he's like, look, I'm going to do everything that I can to save you because this is what I really want from you. But, and now I go back to the text. This is the second text I wanted to read. Uh, this is uh, the text that Andrew had mentioned, Matthew 23, uh, 37, right? How, how clear can that be? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Here we go. How often I wanted to gather your children together. That is the will of God. God wants to gather the children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And that last statement is powerful. The last phrase, but you were not willing. You know what that tells mm. me? That tells me that God does not force you. And let me just mm -hmm. add this before I, I finish this. You know who forces you to do things? Satan. You know who tries to pressure you to do things? The devil. You know who manipulates you to do? Yep. That, that's right. Who's the one that's manipulating? Who's the one that's placing temptations to do what he wants you to do? That's the devil. You know what God says? God says, look, I'm going to give you every tool available, but you got to choose, right? I'm not going to force you to do this. You have to choose. I'm going to 
do the, uh, the positive reinforcement. Oh, and this reminds me of another text. We love him because he first loved us. Right. Mm -hmm. And scripture says, um, that, um, that his love compels us. No, it doesn't say that it forces us or that it makes the decision forces for, for us, but it, that it, it, it motivates us strongly so much. So, and someone said this, that to be lost is a very tough job for you to get lost in, in God's eyes, man, you did such a hard job to lose yourself because God puts everything in your way so that you can be saved. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, go, wait, go, go ahead, go ahead. Cause no, uh, Martin, you got it. You're the guest. <laughs> no, no. You know, what, what, what came into my mind, uh, uh, Mitch, as, as you were talking, as Andrew was talking, especially as, as Jason was talking, was you, wait, uh, Andrew, you, you don't have kids or, or you do? Uh, on the way. On the way. <laughs> oh, okay. on the way. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank That's you, awesome. Thank you. Okay, Mitch, you have two kids. Yes, I do. Right? You have a desire for them. That's correct. Right? You 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 want the best for them. Uh, um, and But are you going to force your will upon them to make that thing happen? Like, for example, I, I, I know friends that went to schools because their parents made them go sure. and they hated their whole way. So when they graduate, they finish school, they chose something else. I, can I um, to answer your question? I think that's bad parenting. <laughs> why? Why? No, no. Why? And, and I think and I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom that we can see how God deals with his people. Sure. The, fa the fact that you mentioned it in, in the book of Matthew, where, where, where the hen wants to gather uh, the chicks, there's a lot of reasons why a hen does that to guide, to protect, mm -hmm. to love, to nurture. That's what God wants to do. But when we, like the, like the text also says, but when we are unwilling, we place ourselves in making that and making the wrong decisions. Sure. We're make, we're placing ourselves out of the protection of God, out of the, 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 the guidance of God. And you as a father see that as your children grow. I, I, I assume, right. When you tell them, okay, you know, don't do this because this is going to happen. And when you explain to them, take the time to love them, to nurture them, but do they still have the decision? Ab absolutely. Or else they're going to, they're going to face sure. punishment, right? Sure. They're going to, they're going to face, you know, the, uh, you know, like at least with my parents, you know, my parents, uh, you know, <laughs> my parents did everything possible to not let that happen. You know, to not let that happen. And and I would assume that that you as as a dad seeing your kids grow, understand that that God's love, just like your love for your kids, have that same you desire for them the best. You 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 want them to to be these these men, uh, men and women who grow up to be amazing people in this world, but they still got that choice to make it. Right. I can I can only do so much. And let me just say this real quick, Andrew. Um I think the, the example, I'm not sure who brought it up. I, I think it was uh, you, Andrew, might've been you, Martin, but the example of Peter, right? Does Jesus not know that he is going to deny him three times? Mm -hmm. He does. And yet here comes Jesus trying to say, look, I'm, I'm going to try to dissuade you. I'm praying for you, right? Mm -hmm. I know the devil has asked for you, but I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? I see a clear uh, a distinction between God knowing and God predetermining what you're going to do. There you see uh, um, uh, Jesus saying, I know you're going to do this, but don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it right now. Obviously that leads to another question. I don't want to get there, but, but I just wanted to bring that up. I think it's the same thing with parents, by the way, right? We, we know our children may end up in these difficulties and we don't want them. Sorry, sorry, Andrew, go ahead. Oh, no, good. Yeah. I just wanted to add to everything that you guys were saying. Right. And when it comes to, you know, God's foreknowledge, just like all of you guys have been reiterating, it's like, we cannot go beyond what scripture 
I said, mm. right? Mm. So for us to understand in what way does God have the future, right? Well, I can we can go sit down here and you know we're talking about this, Mitch, about the different views of of of, of, of the future, right? You know, open theism and 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 uh, you know, uh, um, Molinism and all these things. But I don't think we need to go there, right? We stop where the Bible stops, right? Because that's what God wants to reveal to us, right? If He wanted to reveal more to us, then that's what He would have given us. So mm. I, I want to just leave this little section with this imperfect illustration here we go, here we go. <laughs> my, my little imperfect <laughs> illustration it, 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 it didn't work on jeffron I'll, I'll see if it, if it works on martin right i'm gonna use martin. I'm, I'm gonna use martin as the guinea pig right i'm gonna use martin as the guinea pig right all right what's your what's your favorite team martin we all i mean know, you already right? know uh well oh, what sport uh you choose I hey, but I'll, I'll go with basketball because basketball is my my sport okay so you Lakers. define one yeah, Lakers, because I was going to go first with Dodgers, you know, to kind of put it like a, you know, to kind of put Tension. a wedge between me and Mitch even more, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to go Lakers. I'm going to go Lakers. Okay, we we'll go Lakers, want, man. We want to end up united here. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the way I kind of see this, right, God's foreknowledge, right? So it's just that you as is, it is, oh, I'm getting my words tangled. It's is, it's if as you, Martin, right, you were out, you know, um, with your wife, right? And you know the Laker game's on, right, back at home. You have a recording on the DVR, right? And all of a sudden, one of your buddies just shows you, he's like, hey, did you see the Lakers lost, right? They lost 109 to 80. Can you believe that? And you're like, dude, you just spoiled the game for me, right? You get home. And I would you defriend put on... any person that does that, by the way. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> Unfriend. <laughs> there you go. And, and then you get home, right? You turn on your DVR, and you already know what the score is you already know how it ends right but you play on it right do the people who are in the game did they still have free will just because you knew the outcome are they are do they still have free will wait in a pre-recording yeah and you're talking about pre-recording did when they had those actions when they well, did those actions right that's that's not even an imperfect illustration i i i go through that when i re-watch basketball games when kobe played Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> well, it's a perfect illustration. Then. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, in that, uh, if you place yourself as a viewer of, you already know that that's a pre-recorded uh, um, game. Every person there, you already know that they already, the decisions have been made because it's a past game. But while that game is being recorded and you have no idea about that, then no, the, every every person there has the choice. Every every shot is a, is a choice. Every every cheer is a choice. At least I don't know if that's the right answer or the incorrect answer. Hey, you, hey, you just said it for me. That we can we can move to the next topic. No, 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 no. we can't. We can't. We can't. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so hold so on. explain to me. Explain to me. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I, and I and I'm gonna pick on this because the million dollar question is: Let's put ourselves in this situation. God is the one that's watching the recording, or God already knows the outcome. More more importantly, God already mm -hmm. knows the outcome. Are we the recording? Do we live our lives like a recording where there is no? free will in other words this is just the way it's going to happen or or did we truly have free will because you see that's where the distinction is at right um if if god already knows the outcome fair enough we, we we're gonna say look god already knows does that mean then that that pre-recording when you watch it that's the way it goes you see what i'm saying like there's no there's no option of it ending in a different way that's just the way it happens is it more like a recording or is it simply that God knows and he's taking a step back, right? And he allows us to choose, right? And, and, and in other words, his foreknowledge is not what determines the actions of that game. In other words, his foreknowledge is not what determines your final outcome in life. 
You guys understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I just, I just, I was about to walk away because I saw Clippers all the way. We're all gonna forgive. What comes to mind to me, what comes to mind to me is like, let's say, horse racing for one. Horse racing. You can know beforehand, before the race, you know the speed of a horse, you know the weight of the jockey, you know how the how the day's gonna play out, and you could you could put the numbers out. And you can put, okay, this horse is the strongest. This horse is the fastest. His jockey is the lightest. Everything is pointing that that horse is going to win, right? And th- this, is, this would be an imperfect illustration on this. but Bro, you're, you're using an example I have no idea about, man. But keep okay. going. All right, I'll follow you. Yeah, but you like, have all of this, right? Of all the but things. It just so happens that throughout the race, all of a sudden, sure. um, l- l- um, the horse breaks its foot during the race, mm-hmm. even though that was the horse that, that was, was supposed to win. win. That was supposed to win. Like th- that's, that's, I feel like that to me, that gives me more understanding what's going on here. God knows that this is what's going to happen, but because of what's going on at the moment, something else happens. It could be that I could be on, on the completely different, like a completely different path. I could be on the path of destruction, whatever, whatever the case may be. But then there's a certain situation that makes things change. Even though that's the, that's the course that I'm choosing. That's the course that's supposed to happen. Like, let's say, well, you have the example of the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross. Exactly. Yeah. He was already on the, he was about to die. Like the guy's already on death row. Like that's it. But all of a sudden he sees Jesus. He meets Jesus. And within a matter of minutes with, well, in this case, hours, he, Jesus tells him, no, you'll be in heaven. The guy had a switch of heart, even though he had the whole life of crime behind him. He had that history. On that very moment, he decided to choose Jesus. And we have the example of the other thief. The other thief just mocks him. Even though he okay, was Jason, Jason. in the exact situation. Jason, hold on. Let me, let me, just to clarify your position here, though. Are you trying to say that uh, God or Jesus did not know that that thief was going to choose at the end and give his life? Or did God already know that? God already knew that that thief okay. was going to be on there. But what he didn't choose, like that thief could have chosen to not respect Jesus. That thief could have chosen to laugh at him just like the other guy. But that guy was like, no, like, look at how he he saw. I feel like he just saw everything that was going on, the reactions of Jesus and everything. I was like, no, he chose at that moment to believe. Even though his fate was to die on that cross. God knew he was still going to die on that cross. But whether he was saved or not, well, that was the ultimate, that was the ultimate choice of the thief. He could have clearly have chosen, like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mock this guy too. He's on the cross just like me. How does that make him any different? But he saw the reactions of Jesus. He saw how he was reacting towards the people. He saw all of that. He saw that there was a difference. And at that moment, he decided to change his, his opinion towards Jesus. He decided to change, I get in total his outcome in life. Can and I throw a curve? Can I throw a curveball? You guys. Uh, we went from basketball to horse racing to, uh, I, to, to I, I want to switch, switch it up on you. Give you guys another question, right? Because obviously Jason's talking about the thief in the cross who, who at the end, right, puts his, his faith in Jesus. Now I want to make another practical question, right? What about to the person who says, right, are we really free, right, if the only option is either to believe in Jesus or go to hell? Are we really free? What would you guys say to that person? You, you look, yeah, I, I, I was thinking something, uh, not, not, not like that, but something similar. Um, you, you know, look, we're talking about free will, right? And whether or not we can make choices. Fair enough. You know what you can't decide, though? This is completely outside of you. You cannot choose the consequences of your choices. 
Okay. What am I trying to say with that? You are free to make whatever choice you want to make. You cannot determine what the consequences are because that is alien to you. That is external to you. That is not something that you determine. Uh, in other words, um, if, if I throw, just as an example, let's, we're, we just use baseball as a curveball, right? Uh, if, if I, if I, if I'm a pitcher and I'm about to throw a ball at somebody's body, retaliation, whatever it is, right. But I'm going to do that. Now I'm, I control what I can do. I throw the ball. I have no idea what's going to happen once that ball hits for all I know, it's just going to walk the base and that's it. Or all of a sudden that guy's going to charge at the mound, right? The consequence of my choice is not made by me. It's not determined by me. That is determined by other factors. Mm -hmm. When we come at it from a biblical worldview, we recognize that the one that determines the final consequences of our actions is God. And ultimately, if there is life, the only other option is death. There is no, you know, you have, you have basically a binary decision that you got to make either this or that. You have a dilemma in everything. There is no third group, fourth group, or fifth group. If you have blessings, then you have curse, right? Uh, the biblical worldview kind of gives you this idea of opposites, which is uh, you come in and either either you choose Jesus, receive a life, or you don't choose Jesus and receive life. By the way, um, Gio, talking about... Dude, I couldn't stop laughing this guy, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, I, I, I'm just going to say... Tell him God that, God knew, that God knew he wasn't going to be a part of this conversation. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking. My <laughs> argument would be yes, he knew. Okay, that was definitely preordained. Um, uh, yes, God already knew about this conversation. Um, it, but no, so you see what I'm saying? Like, at the end, you have a dilemma at all times, but who determines what that consequence is? It isn't us. Mm -hmm. uh, by, by the way, Ecclesiastes 729, this is a verse that that uh, you guys, I think, are familiar with. Truly, this only I have found. God made man upright. They have sought out many schemes. The decision mm. is, the, is man's, right? God made him right. Decision is man's. And so God, okay, fine. The day that you eat of the tree, that day, you're surely going to die. Mm -hmm. Is that Does that not sound fair to you guys? That sounds completely fair to me. And so when someone says, am I really free to choose? Yeah, you're really free to choose between life and death. That is a choice. And the moment you have a choice, you're free. No choice, no freedom would be, God says, you're only going to live mm -hmm. or you're only going to die or I'm going to determine who does that. I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question directly, Andrew. I don't know if that, that answers. Yeah, no, no. No, I, I, would, I would just add to that to, you know, the person that says that, you know, either the two options, believe or go to hell. I think that it's interesting because the Bible says that, this is eternal life that we should know the one true, the one true God, right? And Jesus Christ whom he has sent, right? So eternal life literally is going to be spent in relationship with God, spending time with God. So this person who, who says, right, this would become hell to them if they did go to heaven, right? Because if you're, if you're, if you're saying, if you already have that question, I only have one option to believe or to go to hell. In, in essence, that person is saying, well, what if I don't want to believe? Well, if you are not having a relationship with God or you're not making your friend here on heaven, in, I mean, and on earth, then why would you want to do that for eternity with God? I, I know, right. I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and, and I would even say that the fact that the question is even being asked, uh, do you even believe in God? Right. Uh, do, do you want to believe in God? Because I think that there's a tone in that question that says, look, I don't like the fact that God is, is saying that these are the two ultimate options. But you know what? I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I mean, I, 
I believe in God and I believe that, oh, by the way, one of the claims in scripture is that God is completely righteous, fully righteous. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 15, that there will be a song by all the elect, by all the saints saying, truly your ways are righteous. Mm -hmm. So at, at the end, once this is all done, regardless of whatever outcome comes in our conversation, the conclusion will be God made the right decisions. And you know how I know he's going to make the right decisions because he's going to allow everyone to choose what their destiny is after he has given everyone equal opportunity to be saved. Mm-hmm. You can't, would you, can't you, you oh, by the way, you can't argue against that. And, and I would even say that if you believe, if you believe something like God predetermines things, that question will remain for all eternity. Why did you save one person and not the other? Right. The only true way to put the rest of the accusations of God's character is to allow for free will. It's the only way that you end up believing that God is love. I'm sorry, Andrew. No, and, and ultimately the only reason why there won't be sin in heaven is because of this idea that we have that God is love and he gives us free will because mm-hmm. we will be singing that redemption song in heaven because not because sin is not possible, but because we have seen the outcome of sin and we would never want to go back to that state. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. When we when we look at, uh, I mean, there's there are so many texts where, where God wants to talk and reason with us i mean there's isaiah 118 which says come now let us reason together i mean when you when you he wants to enter into a conversation where you know this this is why i love the fact that not god not only loves but he he not only uh tugs at your emotion right he tugs at your reason at your intellect god does you know there's a lot of people that claim well you know to be a christian you know you got to take you got to take the mind out you know, you got to remove your 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 reasoning powers, but that's not that's not that's not the case. God made us in a way that we can determine whether uh, we we can come to the, our own conclusion and say, you know what, God's way is the right is the right one. And all in the Book of Revelation say that everyone, every knee shall bow and recognize one thing, whether they were whether they and and, and it doesn't make a a. a a distinction between good and bad. It says everyone, everyone will come to the decision that God is righteous, that God is 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 a just God, and 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 for us to look at at or at least and and um, maybe this is a topic maybe for another conversation where we can even look at how other religions, other ways of, of belief, they remove that from people and people mm. don't question it, and yeah. I find that problematic. It is only in the Christian faith. In in, in 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 the faith where you have a God that's all loving, right? That He gives you the choice where you actually question, do we really have a choice? But in other faiths where it says, you know, you are you are a composition of the previous lives lived, mm-hmm. of of you know, you need to remove your own self desires, and then the divine is going to come in and take. Over. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that if people don't see that there's wrong in that, that your the choice is taken away, even in those faiths. I don't see why they why they would want to contest with a a a, a God that sure. gives you because of His love gives you a decision gives you sure. choice. Sure. Uh, by the way, just to support what you're saying, I, I got this great quote from Steps to Christ. Oh man, you stole it from me. No, 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 no. Stole it from me. I mean, it, it, it is it is a book that has more than one chapter, so it might be a different one. Hey, it bro, might, bro, it might be a different one. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Say it. What what page? What page, Andrew? Oh, bro. What page? Steps to Christ. You said right. Yes. What page? 72. Nope, I'm on 43. Okay, Don't worry go about it. it. We're good. See, there you go, man. We're good. We're good. It wasn't okay. predetermined, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, there we not. go. It was not. By, by the way, before I read this quote, I just want to thank everybody that's joining us. 
Um, and and I, we got some comments. We're going to get to those because we have like about 20 minutes left, um, uh, 15, 20 minutes left. And, and we'll mention some of these comments in a second. But, but listen to this quote. The government of God. This is what you were saying. Oh, Mike. I, I love that quote. too. Yeah, by the, the way. government of God is not as Satan would make it appear mm. founded upon a blind submission and unreasoning control. It's not based on that. Instead, she says, it appeals to the intellect and the conscience. And this mm. is the, the text you were reading in Isaiah 118. Come now and let us reason together is the creator's invitation to the beings he has made. Now, a little further down, she says, it remains for us to choose whether we will be, be set free from the bondage of sin to share the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And a, a little bit further down, um, she says, you cannot change your heart. By the way, you got to read this chapter, okay? Um, I, I think it's the chapter on consecration. But anyways, it's, it's pages 43 uh, and onwards. But she says, you cannot change your, oh, sorry, right before that. Everything depends on the right action of the will, the power of choice God has given to men. I, that's about as clear as you can be, by the way. The mm -hmm. power of choice has been given to men. It is theirs to exercise. You cannot change your heart. You cannot of yourself give to God its affections, but you can choose to serve him. Um, I, look, I, I think that at, at the end, we we get stuck. On, I think, I, you know what? It might've been uh, Gio who said this on the comments, right? He said something about, uh, we're all a bunch of control freaks. Um, <laughs> and, and as funny as that is, he's got a point. He has a point. I, I, I think the problem is that we are trying to harness divinity and 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 the omniscience of divinity when at some point we just got to take a step back and say you know what what god has given us is choice let's exercise this in the best way possible right and then let whatever's going to happen happen by the way whether or not god predetermines we won't maybe fully know that forever right i mean these are things that are just above our pay grade mm -hmm. but we do know that god is telling you telling me choose 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 and so in that, I know I have the ability to choose. So I'm going to choose. That's the choice we all have. Mm -hmm. It's weird that I'm using an E.G. White quote to back up an E.G. White quote. Is that weird? No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm just kidding. I, uh, uh, Steps of Christ 772. I think it, I think the quote you had was even better. So now I feel kind of feel bad. It says, when Christ took human nature upon him, he bound humanity to himself by a tie of love that can never be broken by any power save the choice of man himself. I think this quote is so beautiful and so powerful because so if you are predestined, if you are predestined, then this quote makes no sense. Right. Mm -hmm. This quote here says that God has to partially limit his himself because of love. Right. To the point where he cannot change the human heart. If he wanted to, he could. But if he wants free creatures, not robots, automatons that would just direct love to him, then he has to risk being able to lose something. Mm -hmm. And to me, that, that quote is so powerful that uh, yeah. it can never be broken by any power, save the choice of man himself. And I think that that's kind of just reiterates everything we're saying here. But by, by, by the way, I, cause I think, I think that's a, that's a, um, a, a good way to segue kind of in, in a, in maybe a concluding fashion here. Um, what does God giving us free will say about his character? You know, and I, I think we've kind of mentioned that and danced around uh, about it, right? But, um, and, and let me just start off. I believe that the greatest piece of revelation in scripture is that God is love. 
above God's sovereignty, above God's law, above uh, uh, everything else that you can think of that scripture teaches us. I think that the greatest piece of revelation in the Bible is God is love, right? Mm -hmm. That is the greatest statement in scripture. And from there, everything flows. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is impossible for us to be predetermined and also reconcile the idea that God is love. I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. um, hey, my wife loved me and I'm pointing a gun at her face and saying, you better do it. Like mm -hmm. that, that's that's not love. That's forcing somebody to do. It. And that's, by the way, very selfish at the same time. Right. That's us going in and saying this is all about me, not about you. Whereas the government of God, everything that Jesus came to teach was about love and it was about loving others self-denial was what jesus did on the cross self-denial means you are thinking of others before even thinking of yourself mm -hmm. and and that's why i echo what what andrew was saying this idea of risking people rejecting you so that you could be truly loved i think is the greatest act not only of love but of sovereignty mm -hmm. i mean other examples of that like if we just look at the, the story of israel how they started off they started off with judges and that's that was the plan that god had played out for them and they were so complaining. They kept complaining, oh, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. Even though God knew that wasn't good for them. But to show them that he loved them, to show them that they still had their will, he's like, okay, fine, I'll give you a king. And from there, we see all, all the bad history that happened because of that one choice. And even in things like that, even in bigger picture things like that, like historical uh, historical things about the people of Israel, we still see that God's like, look, here, you, you guys have your choice. I'm not going to take it away from you. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I wish I, you guys, you guys should do. But if you guys want to do that, then you guys can still do it. It's your choice. And it, right. I feel like it was out of love, like, because he's like, okay, I love you. But like, okay, if that's really what you want, then fine, have it. And like you, like you said earlier, Mitch, we, we, a lot of the choices that we make and especially in, in, in the bad area, it's because we don't have control of the consequences. We have no idea what the consequence is going to be. Like mm -hmm. if the people of Israel knew that having a king was going to bring so much destruction to them, so much downfall, I don't think they would have chosen a king. But because of that, like sometimes we, instead of like actually thinking about our, our what, what could what could our consequences be, we just think about the immediate gratification of certain things. And that just leads us down a completely different road when we just focus on the instant gratification of things. We have we have a couple uh, a comment here, uh, uh, Mitch, and, and I, I you know we wanted to avoid getting into into this. And I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt this, but I, I want to see what you guys think because this is starting sure. to get into. We have to start naming uh, 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 some of these things, right? I don't know if you guys read it. It says uh, Samuel Rodarte says. The majority of questions we have regarding free will have to do with our understanding of time itself. If God knows what I eat tomorrow, is it really my choice? How, however, we have to understand God is outside of time as we know it. So if he is the creator of all things to God, could it be possible that time is, is viewable at once? Meaning he has viewed our choice. However, we have not made the choice since we are tied to time itself. Yeah, we got. That's we a lot. Jump, yeah, we got to jump deep. into the. We got to jump into the philosophy of things. So that's, the question that's is, deep. yeah, that, uh, I would I would argue whether or not God is bound by time, and I think all of us here would say no, God mm -hmm. is not bound by time because mm -hmm. God abides in eternity. Therefore, mm -hmm. time as we know it is a product of God's creation. Yeah, we see that right? in in Genesis when when God created the 
the lesser and the and the and the greater light to uh, to mark the times and the seasons. I don't think he, he didn't do that for himself. He did it for us. He did it as part of the creation process. Right. So with, with time, uh, it, it, we have to be very careful what we're saying, or at, at least mm-hmm. in, 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 in the comments says, however, we understand that God, I believe that yes, God is outside of our sphere of time, our understanding of time, mm-hmm. you know, but what he says here that we're tied like our decisions, our choice is tied with time. I would, I would challenge that. How, how, so? how so? I would challenge that because there are there are examples in Scripture where where God gives, where God, uh, uh, um, oh God has 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 number. You know, we we know that God has numbered the days of man. Mm. His days are numbered, but his decisions aren't. We have examples of of people who. Who uh, who willingly chose to take their life, who willingly chose to end their suffering by their own actions, you know, who willingly chose to reject something that God has given them, you know, or to accept the ex- the the extension of their time, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a little I'm a little bit uh, confused with what with what yeah, uh, you, the comment the comment you know made. you know what I, I I read it a little bit differently I I, I don't I because what I was understanding here is that there's a comparison between God being outside of our concept of time right which, which is, that's what I understood right right which is very which is very um, uh, linear right it's just it's it's just heading in one direction we cannot go back God sees everything at one time because he can step out of that by the way I would also add that God can intervene within our our concept of time right mm-hmm. this is providence we see this mm-hmm. throughout scripture. Uh, yeah. But I think what he's saying is that our choices are not in that eternal sense, but they are they are tied to our concept of time. In other okay. words, we, we we do choices in order, right? I, I think I think that's what that's what he's trying to say. Uh, there is a choice. There is a choice. There is a choice. As opposed to God seeing all three choices, we can only see one choice after another, mm-hmm. right? And and anything that is in our history, I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, and I and I I would just to that I would just say, look, I mean, it, it is true. That God it can can it can step out of this. I wouldn't even put it that way. It is true that God is <laughs> out of this and can step into it right at any time. Our concept of time. Um, I think that's to our advantage because He can see where our downfalls are at. Right? He can see where where we're weak in, and He can help us out. I would say that the biggest issue, though, is when we try to attribute human things and human concepts and tie God down mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. That's when we get into problem. And this is why we have such a tough time with this. Cause we're like, wait a minute, if God sees everything, what's the deal, right? But again, God is not human. And, and this is what I was talking to you about earlier, Mitch, right? Where we started having to define all these different terms. And I think it's when we start to get into the philosophy of all this thing that it starts to get a little bit more difficult. And, and right, that's where we kind of say where the Bible is silent, we don't speak, right? But of course we have our ideas. and. And I, and I was thinking about this. I told you, Mitch, right, about this, right? And, and and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. And this is this is, of course, me putting all these things together, right? Um, you know, of course, we know that God has foreknowledge. He knows the future. He knows, you know, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the beginning and the end, right? But my idea was that, I guess, see, I can't do this without uh, uh, naming terms, right? This idea that because God knows, right, uh, the future, right? Does that mean that all things are settled, that at the snap of a finger, he saw everything, every choice that every person was, was going to make, 
right? And he snapped his finger and all of a sudden, okay, those choices were made. Or, right, what I was kind of thinking is, God, like we we're talking about the concept of time, right? We know that Jesus himself entered into time and we know that God can, can move in and out of time, right? And this idea that the, the Bible says that one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day with the Lord, right? So obviously time for God is not the same as time for us, which is something that's an instant. So could it be that God foreknows all these things, but he, lays, he, he allows them to play out? And it's just an, in an instant for him, but for us, it's not an instant. And in that sense, I, I yeah. feel like it makes more sense than just saying that God knows all saw the outcome and then snapped his finger and then it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't yeah, know if that again, makes sense. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to once again, I, I think that we have to split this idea that because God knows the future, that means he's determining the future. Right. Ultimately, exactly. who is determining the choices that we make according to biblical uh, understanding, according to spirit of prophecy as well. We are the ones that do that. Mm -hmm. In other words, God is not predetermining these things. He knows they're going to happen beforehand, but he's not predetermining. And I, and I think God allows the course of history to take place. The thing is that God knows how this history is going to end. Mm -hmm. That's what uh, I think. Um, now that we mentioned spiritual prophecy, I think one of the books that that really um, lays that out, right? He, he, he gives certain characters or certain people in scripture a glimpse of the future. Right. Every the course of world, the world history. Right. Um, uh, you know, God, you know, it says the wages of sin is death. Right. He, he knows that that's where the, the our, our sin is leading to. Mm. But God doesn't want you to end there. Right. That's why we, we have the text that says choose life. Mm. Choose choose this way. You know, um, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, Proverbs 16 uh, verse two says all the ways of man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit, you know, the, the Lord weighs in on whether your choice was a bad one or a good one, you know, and, and I think it's uh, one of the things that Gio mentioned uh, with with us being control freaks. One of the things that we hate is being told that we have no choice. Yes. You know, it's being told that that, you know what, that you don't know the outcome of your own decision, you know, and and here God is trying to tell us, look, every decision you make is going to lead you either down of one of two paths. Life or death. So I want you to choose this way, not this way, this way. But ultimately that decision comes to you, you know? Um, and, and the more we understand, especially uh, how God works in that sphere, we have to look at it through the goggles of his love. We have to put on that view. We have to put on that. If we take the, if we take love out of the picture, everything else is force. We have no choice. The, 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 accusations that 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 satan did against god in heaven that he was an unjust god an unloving god a god that held that that uh, that made slaves out of the angels then he's all right then he's correct if we remove the context of love and I, I, love, I love that you i love that you say that uh martin because it's absolutely true 
sorry to ju just jump in there because no, said we have to view it from the goggles of love, right? Because all of a sudden we take love out and we put sovereignty first, right? We put uh, a God's omniscience first. All of a sudden our view starts to morph, right? And we mm -hmm. start to go down this path of all these different future, uh, these philosophies of future. Well, well, how can we know uh, what God, you know, all these different ideas, right? But it, like you, exactly like you said, if we see it from the perspective of love, then ultimately it always comes back to that point, right? And then ultimately we can be okay with not knowing certain things because we know that God is love. Mm -hmm. Right, and whatever decision he's going to make, I would even say that that's, that's the million dollar question between this issue, right? Uh, if, you're, if, if you're someone who prescribes to this idea of predetermination and, and that God chooses arbitrarily who's going to be saved, it, it really comes down from, do you believe that the greatest thing about God is that God is sovereign? Right, because then if, if the issue that is God, and, and for the record, we believe that God is sovereign. Like I, I don't mm -hmm. think any of you would would disagree. Right, God is sovereign in Spanish. Right, Dios es soberano. Like we believe that 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 He is the greatest being, and what He decides to do, He will do. We understand that. Um, but but I, I think, at least from a Seventh Day Adventist perspective, right, one of the greatest things that we emphasize, or at least that we should emphasize, is that God is love. Mm -hmm. and, and that's clear not only in scripture but all throughout the spirit of prophecy it mm -hmm. is about god's love death on the cross the choices that he gives us right uh the help that we receive the holy spirit in our lives all that is about how god loves us mm -hmm. clear mm -hmm. enough yeah. so the the, la the last question I, I would ask then what what is god's role in, in our decision making right because we say that god already foreknows everything and what we, we talked, uh, I know uh, uh, Martin was saying a little bit, right, about like you were saying about Peter, right, interceding. But what what is God's role in our decision making, right, if we say that he foreknows everything, but we're not predetermined? Yeah, by, by the way, Jason, what's up, Jason? Come on, give us an answer. I thought he muted or I thought his screen like, froze. <laughs> I thought he was reading uh, Gio's, po uh, Gio's uh, comments. <laughs> I was actually trying to like read some of the comments. Um. So one of them was actually Saura, and it's Proverbs 16, um, what is it, 16, 9, and I have Verse it right nine. here. It says, a, man parts, um, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I feel like that's a, that's the answer to it. Like a guy, like I could just plan my own path, but God's like, hey, look, no, dude, like, come on, man, go this way. Like you're trying to go this way, but it's this way, man. I've always thought when it comes to this, to me, it's always been there's path A and there's path B. God knows if you take path A, this is where it's going to lead you. If you take path B, this is where it's going to lead you. And it's a constant, like, adding up of all those decisions. If you take path A all the time, this is where it leads you. If you take path A, path B, path A, it's going to end you this way. That's how I see it. And that's that's how I see God's, like, God's like um, his what he does in our decision-making. He's always going to try to put it in front of us, like, look, this is the right choice. This is the way to go but I still have to choose if I'm going to go the, the way that I'm supposed to go or if I'm going to go the other way. Mm. That, 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 that's how I feel. I feel like when it comes to that, to God in taking a, like an active part in our decision-making, I think it's that simple. He's going to present it to us, but it's going to be down to me to choose which one, which way to go. Which one, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and we have like about like three minutes left. So I guess th this could kind of serve as our closing statements here, but uh, 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 Andrew, what, what, what is God's role in our decision-making? Yeah. Well, I just think in closing, I guess, uh, exactly. We were talking about how God not, you know, acts and reacts, right. He's not just a, a, a viewer, 
right on the outside right like we mentioned earlier he's not just watching the recording right but there's times where he intervenes and, and uh, just as martin said earlier with uh with peter you know he intercedes for us right with 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 peter he said you know satan has asked to, to sift you as we but i have prayed for you right strengthen your brothers when you return so god is interceding we see this in romans 8 34 it says who then is the one who condemns no one christ jesus who died more than that who was raised to life at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us, right? We know that he sent uh, the advocate, the helper, right? The, the Holy Spirit that helps us as well, right? Uh, uh, Ellen White has a quote where she says that, that now that God has sent the Holy Spirit, that we're able to be closer to Jesus than when the, the disciples walk with him physically. Sure. That means that God is trying to speak to us. He's interceding with us. Uh, uh, just like we've been saying, right? So God is not only uh, on the outside rooting for us, just hoping that something would come about, but he intervenes at times. He intercedes, right? The last one I have, the last verse I have here is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, right? Some of the verses that we've been we've been talking about, right? And, and the last thing I, I would leave, right, is just kind of like this. We see God acting and reacting right in, in different in different areas right um and, and we see i don't know have you guys ever seen uh the inside of a, a of a of a, a baseball cap or a, a or a hat or the or the inside of a t-shirt right you look inside and you can't even tell what it is right if you look at the behind the logo right it's just a it's just a big old mess like white with all these different kinds of uh thread coming out right and then you turn it around and it's and you see the whole picture you see the actual logo and what it's, it's meant to be and that kind of illustrates what Jesus does with us, right? We have, you know, we're looking at it from the inside where we don't know where all these things are leading, right? But God says that to the person that acknowledges him in all our ways, he directs our paths. So he turns all that mess into an image, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that, to me, is what exactly what we've been trying to say this whole time. Uh, ab you know, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, Martin. Um, just, I guess, uh, uh, even a closing verse that we can also use is Galatians 5.13. It says, you are called to freedom. And some parts says, and uh, the version of the Bible that I have here, it says, to liberty. Okay, mm -hmm. it says, you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. You know, don't don't use that free, don't abuse that freedom. And I think that's one of the things that that we must understand in, in, in our decision making. Like God, God, uh, you know, the question, the question is, uh, um, what, what was the last question that? that uh, and and what, what should what should uh, uh, God's role be in our uh, in, in our decision making? In our right? decision making. That's right. Yeah. God, God's role, at least to what the, the Bible has been clear to tell us is, is that he wants us. He, he wants us to choose life, to choose freedom, to choose liberty but he doesn't want us to abuse that choice, hmm. but he still gives us that choice. You know, uh, the text says, you know, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. And you know, I could, I could open up another can of worms uh, uh, <laughs> that could lead us here for another two hours, but think about what's been occurring in the culture. Right. You know, and just maybe even for a future topic, think about even the, the way, the way when people go, okay, we're going to go out and protest. There are two groups Right. Ones that peacefully protest and ones that riot. Right. Now you can have the decision of what's correct and what's incorrect, but there you see that the people have a choice to peacefully do one thing or to do something that's not peaceful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that when we look at how God want how God's role is in our life, He wants us to choose one direction. But we still have the choice to take that decision 
and go the opposite direction. Yes. Yes. You know, so that's yeah. what, that's what I'll end with. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me finish with this. There's a verse first Corinthians two, seven uh, that says, but we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery. Uh, and I just stop right there. It is a mystery. Mm-hmm. We, we, God's what, what God is about is way beyond what we can understand. We're just trying to make sense of it. Right. But he says um, in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, well, sorry, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages, but this is the important part for our glory. Mm. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I would show this verse to anybody who talks about, Oh, uh, you know, especially Calvinists, right? Oh, it's about the glory of God. Yeah, exactly. And yet, and yet this text says that it is for our glory. What does that mean? That means that ultimately God wants the best outcome for you. Mm-hmm. This is why all of this exists and the choices that we are given is because God wants you to live happily ever after. And I'll tell you, uh, th- this idea that God knows everything literally even uh, affects my prayers because sometimes I go in and I, I ask, so I said, Lord, if you know that I'm going to head down in this direction, stop me, right? In, in, in Interfere, in, in, intervene, um, do whatever you need to do, but bump me off into the direction that you need to, right? Mm-hmm. Because you see it all. I know that you know it all, right? Give, give me whatever I need based on your foreknowledge. And so I think that uh, God... Uh, knowing the future is to our advantage. I've said that a number of times. Uh, and ultimately, I think it's a great thing that he's given us free choice um, and free will. But got to remember ultimately that God is love. And even that is given to us so that we can love him back uh, and, and not be lost in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, we got to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. and, and, and literally because my church is going to be using the channel in about like three minutes. Okay. Um, but, uh, but before we pray, uh, Martin, thank you for joining us. Uh, my pleasure, we, man. It, man. Honestly, we, we do appreciate it. We know it wasn't an easy topic for none of us, really. Uh, but, um, you know, with, uh, with, with even if you're a Dodgers fan, it's okay. I mean, you know. No, I think I think the, the right statement is that even if you're an Angels fan, it's okay. No. Well, remember that the Angels are the only biblical baseball team. So, uh, but, but, I, but, I, but I will leave it there. City I, I will leave it there. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, no, honestly, uh, we, we appreciate you joining us. Hopefully, hopefully soon pleasure, you'll join man. us again. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, we'll be able to have another conversation. Uh, we got to wrap it up. We're gonna have a word of prayer. Uh, is it okay if you lead us in prayer? Is that, is that fine? Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, uh, my pleasure. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we, uh, thank you because, um, you have given us, uh, uh, the opportunity to dive into your word, Lord, and be able to uh, talk amongst uh, each other and also be able to be guided by not only what you have revealed in your word, but what you have revealed through uh, the, the spirit of prophecy, Father. Mm-hmm. Thank you because ultimately, Lord, we know that you love us and you want the best for us. And in wanting the best for us, Lord, you want us to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. And you give us, because of your love, that freedom of choice. Thank you, God. That demonstrates so much of your love because you've given us that power to exercise that freedom of choice and even in that power you want us to choose the right thing god uh, help us understand more this topic help us be able to share this and enter into conversation with others more this topic because the more people understand everything you do everything you say through how much you love us the more we begin, we'll begin to trust you and more we begin to understand why is it that you've laid out everything before us. And Lord, uh, I ask you to bless my brothers here. Bless Jason, Andrew, Mitch, Lord. Bless the, uh, the church and the, and the people that they serve, Lord. I pray that they may continue to be light 
in the darkness, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Uh, once again, we want to thank everybody that joined us today. Uh, we hope that something good came out of this conversation. That, that's always our prayer. Uh, once again, Martin, thank you for joining us. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to make it sweet and short. COVID-19 is still out there. Keep wearing those masks. Keep washing those hands. Connect with us on Instagram and make sure when things go crazy, you got to keep calm, keep calm, relax. You got to advent on, keep looking towards the beginning of the, the return of Jesus and the beginning of heaven. May Amen. the Lord bless each one of you on this evening. God bless guys. Happy Sabbath. Amen.